This week we have a double parsha of Tazria and Mitzayra. Sometimes double parshas don't always necessarily fit together, and they were just done simply because it was the uh, convenient way of solving a uh, time problem of matching up the cycle of Eretz Yisrael with the cycle of Chutzlaretz. But of course, Tazria and Mitzayra are sort of bookends speaking about the inyanim of Tsaras. And in the Parshas, we have different types of Tsaras and the ways that uh, the Kayin goes and looks at it, examines it, diagnoses uh, the various appearances of them. And the Torah gives very great detail as to what is Tar, what is Tame, what's a Suffolk, when you have to become a Mitzayra Muskar versus a Mitzayra Muchlat, a lot of complicated dinim in these parashas. There are three different types of tsaras. The Rambam actually connects these three. There is tsaras that happens to one's house. All of a sudden you wake up one morning and you see there's a big blotch growing on your living room wall. So in that case, the, the, the psukim say that the person has to go to the kayin and has to say, Kanega nearly babayas. I think I see a nega in my house. And the kayin then goes to the house, he makes a house call, literally, and he, uh, he diagnoses what the blotch looks like. And if it's a type of blotch that he deems to be tame and saras, so the house has to basically be demolished, or at least the wall of the house on which the tsaras is growing has to be demolished. And that's one type of tsaras. Another type of tsaras is not nigei batim, but it's nigei begodim, which is the tsaras that starts growing on one's clothing. And that also has its own unique set of halachas. And then, of course, there's Saras Haguf. And that's what Parshas Tazria really speaks about, all the different types of Saras that grows on a person's body. There's something called Sapachas, there's something called Baharas, there's, uh, there's all different types of, of, of Saras, and you have to be a great expert in understanding and diagnosing these various problems and the cure uh, for them. But like I said, the Rambam looks at all of these three types, the Nige Batim, the Nige Begadim, and finally the Nige Haguf, as being connected. So he says that if you get it originally on your house and you do tshuva, then the nightmare ends. But if you don't do tshuva, then it spreads to your clothing. It gets closer to you. And if you don't get the message after it's on your clothing it gets even closer and it literally hits home and you have to go through a process of tara. If it's a, if it's a really bad type of tzaras, you're going to have to move out of your house. You have to separate from your uh, community. You have to live in complete isolation in a, a word that's become popular in Israel today, in bidud, which is the uh, another way of saying badad yeshev, you're in isolation. You're literally in, in quarantine. But you're not in quarantine with your family or with your roommates. You're in quarantine all alone. 
I want to focus this morning on a uh, on the first part of it, which is Nige Batim, and then we're going to leap to Nige Haguf, and I think we're going to come out with something that's very instructive. The Pasuk says, by Nige Batim, and this is at the beginning of Parshas Mitzayra, that you're going to see, you're going to come to your Beves Eretz Achuzaschem, you're going to come to your uh, house, which is in Eretz Yisrael, the laws of Nige Batim only apply in Eretz Yisrael itself. And the Gemara, and the Pasuk says, Uba Asher Loi Habayis, the person to whom the house belongs, a funny way of saying it, Uva Asher Loi Abayis, should have said Uba Balabayis, or Ba Asher Abayis Loi, but it says, Uba Asher Loi Habayis, the house is his, the house, everything in the house is his, that person will come, that person will come, and he will tell the Kayin, Kanega nearly Babayis, the Gemara in Yuma gives a Hasidish pshat in what this means, Uba Asher If I wouldn't tell you this is a Gemara, you'd probably think that it's from, uh, it's from some random Hasidish Sefer. Listen to what the Gemara, listen to this drasha. It's an amazing drasha. What do you learn from Uba Asher Loi Habayis? Asher means it's mine. It's my house. It's my car. It's my furniture. It's my food. It's mine. Asher loya bias. It's 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 mine. Not yours. It's mine. Misha miyached beisayloi. Somebody that is miyached the house to him. He designates that everything in my house is all mine. She'enai roitzela hashol kelav. He does not want to share. He does not want to lend out his stuff to anybody else. He doesn't want to give to anybody. He has what we call tsaras ayin. You see, we always think that tsaras comes from Lashon Hara, and all the Rabbanim this Shabbos and all the Mashkichim this Shabbos are going to be talking about Lashon Hara because that is a primary reason for tsaras coming. In fact, the Medrash says that Zeis Tia Teres HaMitzayra the Mitzayra is HaMitzi Shemra it's a conjunction HaMitzayra is a, a, a condensed version of Mitzi Shemra, Mitzayra so the default definition of Tsaras and what causes it is definitely Lashon Hara. nobody's wrong for giving Drashas about Lashon Hara the Shabbos but if you look in the Gemara in Erchen on Daftez Zayin and Aleph, it says there's actually seven reasons that Negam potentially could come to you. One of them is Lashon Hara, for sure, and the Gemara Darshans, all of these seven from different ways. But another major reason that it comes is because of Tsaras Ayin. Tsaras Ayin, for lack of a better word, means that you're stingy. It means that you don't like to share. You have a toy, and you don't want to share it with anybody else. You have this with children all the time. You have a, a kid that uh, has a favorite, uh, a girl, let's say, has a favorite uh, uh, American Dream doll, 
she hasn't looked at it in three years. It's just been sitting on the bottom of a toy chest. All of a sudden, she has a cousin that comes over for Yantif, and she scoops it out of the bottom of the toy chest. She starts playing with it. What, is, what does the girl do? The balabas. She goes and she snatches away the American girl doll, and she says, it's mine. You can't play with it. And the father comes into the room and says, uh, Shprinzi, you haven't looked at this doll. It's been collecting dust. In fact, Arab Pesach, we came this close to throwing it out. You don't look at it anymore. She doesn't want to share. Why not? She doesn't want it herself. She just doesn't want Yenim to have it. I don't, I don't need it per se. I just don't want you to have it. That's a very bad midah. That's called saras ein. Saras ein literally means that your eyes are very small and squinty because you don't like other people getting any hana from you. I like getting hana from everybody else. I like it when I get freebies, when I have a great deal, when I know about a, you know, a great dance deal. But I don't want to share that information with you because I don't want you to have that type of hana. I want it all for myself. And if I have something and, you know, you ask me to borrow it, uh, whatever it might be, I have a safer and I don't really necessarily want you to use it, I'll say, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I left it at home. I, I can't find it. Can't find it. You know, what about, can I, uh, can I borrow your car? No, 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 I, I don't lend out my car. Uh, what about uh, your Xbox? Can I play it? No, it's not working so well. I really don't want to share it. That's called Saras Ein. You don't want other people getting Hana from you. And that's a terrible midah. That's one of the reasons why Tsaras comes to a theater near you. Because you have a big job to be Misaki. And if you have that midah, and many of us do, whether we'll admit it or not, it's a big problem. You're not generous with your money. You're not liberally spending and giving to tzedakah and giving to an ani and because everything is yours. It's mine. I don't want to share it. It starts off as a little girl playing with her dolls or a little boy playing with his Rubik's Cube. And then as you get older in life, it starts spreading to other things and other things. And I don't want anyone to be happy with my stuff. I paid for it. I bought it. It's mine. Comes along the Pasuk and says, Uva asher you, who you think it's loy habayis, that everything in the house is mine and not yours, leave a loy loy, that concept of uva asher loy habayis, and the Gemara defines that as somebody that does not want to be mashal keil l'chavera, I don't want to lend you anything, everything in my house is mine. What happens? He says to people, I don't have it. I don't have what you're asking. So I, somebody rings my doorbell in the first snowstorm and they ask me, do you have a, a snowblower? No, I, I, it's not working. Or I don't have it. I gave it back. Uh, okay. Um, or, uh, you know, your wife has a friend and she comes, can I borrow your necklace? I know you have a nice necklace. I'm going to a chasna. Would you mind lending me? Sorry, I, you know, it's, I, I don't have it anymore. Okay. So you have a, people are asking you for things and you, never, you always say, I don't have it. So what happens? HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mepharsamai. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mepharsam this. Why? Kishem Mephane Espesai. 
The next pasa continues and says, what happens if you say, if you tell the Kayin, I saw a nega in my house, or what I think is a nega, so what is the, the Kayin says, listen, I'll be there tomorrow, but I have a job for you until tomorrow. You have to clear out all the stuff in your house. Anything of value, you have to put on your front lawn. Why? Because when I come in, and if I deem that the blotch on your living room wall is indeed saras and it's Tameh, then everything in the house is going to be Tameh. And some things you'll, you'll be able to, uh, you know, to be Tevel. Rashi points this out. You know, if you have certain objects that are Tevelable, then that's okay, but it's still going to be a big tirchel for you to take all the jewelry and all the, all the pots and the pans to the mikvah, but that's at least that's salvageable, but there's a lot of stuff in your house that you're not going to be able to salvage, like all the, all the klicheres, all of your china, all your earthenware, all your mugs, all of your, uh, the stuff that you have to break in order to be metarit. So basically, as a precautionary measure, the Pasuk is giving an Eitzah that you have to, if you want to save your stuff, and this guy really wants to save his stuff, because remember, he's cheap. So you have to come Go back home, ufino asabayas. You have to take out all of your stuff from the house, lay it out on your front lawn like you're making a big garage sale. And as people walk by, as they're going to the backyard minyanim, they're going to pass by your house and they're going to say, wait a minute, I see he has a snowplow. He told me that he didn't have a snowplow, a snowblower. Ah, and there's that necklace that I asked her to borrow. She told me she doesn't have it anymore. It's right there. And I asked him to, you know, if I can, if I can have his Xbox for the night. And he said he doesn't have it. He returned it to uh, to Best Buy, and it's sitting right there on the front lawn. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is mefarsem barabim. As part of your kapara, you're going to be embarrassed because what you told everybody that you didn't have, or you don't lend it out because it's not working, or whatever your story was, because you had saras ayin. Part of the kapara is that's built into the process of, of nige batim is that you have to put everything out there. Whatever you have inside your house now is revealed for all to see that you were in fact very cheap and you didn't want to share. Uva asher loy You think that the house was yours, you forgot that it was my house, says Hashem. You forgot that I gave you whatever you, you had. And whatever you have is not yours, it's meant to share with other people. When I moved on to my block, so there was a, uh, a very chasheva man who was a Holocaust survivor, but a real Holocaust survivor. Like he went through Shiva Madurigahanam, he had a number on his arm, but he was the sweetest man in the world. His name was Mr. Berger, Alvashalom. He was Nifter around two, three years ago. And I was extremely close with him. And we used to daven together. In, in a local shul when I wasn't davening here I was davening there and every day after davening he would wait for me I was probably about 60 years younger than him and he would drive me home it wasn't a far drive it was literally you know three short blocks away but he would insist on driving me home and I one day looked at him in the car and said Mr. Berger and I really appreciate the lift but Baruch Hashem I, I'm young enough it's not a big deal for me to walk why are you so insistent on always giving lifts to people and giving me a lift. I'm not, I'm not 
the rub of the shul. I'm not a, you know, I just, I just live on your, we're neighbors, we're close, but I don't need your lift. I appreciate it, but you don't have to wait for me and go out of your way to say that, you know, you're going to pull, pull up in front of the shul from your parking spot. You're, you're a Holocaust survivor. You don't need this. So he said to me something very, very fascinating. He said that when he came over to America after the war, he was very poor, as most survivors were, all survivors, I guess. And he, um, and he lived in Borough Park at one point, and he would stand by the bus stop waiting for the bus to go to work because he could never afford a car. And... There were a lot of Yidden, he said, that saw me waiting at the bus stop. It could be freezing cold. It could be pouring rain. It could be snowing. It could be sleeting. It could be boiling hot. And they would pass by in their fancy cars, and they would never offer me a lift. Some maybe occasionally would pull up. and get, But most people didn't. I couldn't understand the Tsaras Ayin. couldn't understand how they, they have a car. Share it. I mean, Hashem gave you the car to share. He didn't give you the car for your own comfort so you can have the entire car empty except for you. He said, I made up my mind that if Hashem would ever give me the ability to afford my own car, that I would constantly use it to do chesed with others. He says, I, whenever I see anybody that needs a lift, I will go out of my way to give them a lift because I want to use the car as a vehicle to do chesed. I don't want to look at it as a car for my own person. I, want to, I understand that Hashem gave me the car, not for myself, but to do chesed with others, not to have tsaras ayin. So many times, you know, we're going to, we're driving, let's say, to a chasna somewhere, and I probably do this myself. Sometimes you just want to chill. You don't want to have, you know, people in the car with you and schmoozing. You just want to go somewhere yourself. You want to listen to music or a sheer... And so you just tell people, I'm sorry, you know, I'm leaving a little bit late, I'm, I'm just going for the chuppah. You try to shake them off. That's a bisel tsaras ayin. That's like, it's not, it's not, you're not generous. You're not using your stuff as it was designed to be used. You're not using it as a vehicle, as a clee to, to help other people. But you're saying, it's my car, I don't have to give you a lift. If I want to give you a lift, I'll give you a lift. It's on my terms. And legally, that's true, of course. But hashkafically, it's not. Hashkafically, whatever we're given is not for ourselves. It's, it's to spread. It's to share. Comes along this Saras Ayin. Uvasher loy habayis. He has this hashkafa that everything is his. I don't have to share. I don't want to share. It's mine. Go get your own car. Go get your own bicycle. And HaKadosh Baruch says, okay, we've got to fix this guy. We have to change this. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends a nega babayis. And now it's on your house and you have to clear out all the house and everybody's going to walk back and forth. And they're going to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to be mefarsamai. He's going to make it very clear and public for everybody to see that you had Sarasayan and that's part of your Tshuva, when people see it and you chop that people see it and you say, wait, okay, I think I have to change. I have one question on, on this chazal. And it bothered me a little bit. I understand 
Nige Batim comes from Sarasayan. He has a house. He's got stuff in his house. He's not sharing his stuff, his toys, his car, his chafetzim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to fix that problem, so he sends a negaba bias. And plain as day, everybody sees the Yatsaras Ayin, you get Busha, you have a Kapara, and, and you live happily ever after. What's the Tsaras Ayin by Nige Haguf? By your kalim, by your clothing, you didn't want to lend out your, your, your dress, your suit. I get that. Your house, your stuff in your house. When it comes to the nega, nega haguf, presumably you already did tshuva, not, not based on the Rambam that says that it's progressive, but if you don't hold to that Rambam, every single thing should be directed to your personal type of tzaras ayin. So if you have tzaras ayin on your stuff, so the nege bias fixes that. You didn't want to lend out your clothing. Okay. So the so there's a there's a neg on your on your begadim. What's the nige haguf though? I already you know Hakadosh already has methods to deal with with cheapness when it comes to your house, hachmasasarchim, your food, whatever it is. You're not sharing. Okay, now start sharing. What's the nega baguf? How is the Gemara Nerechen doesn't say that sarasayin is the problem addressing nige batim alone? It's all nigaim. It's something that happens on... So what type of saras ayin does a person have when it hits your body? And what's the kapara for that? And what I was thinking to say is the following. There's a very unique and common saras ayin that doesn't involve your possessions. It doesn't involve your Xbox and your car and your Svarim and your... It doesn't. There's something else. There's a much more basic, much more fundamental form of Tsaras Ayin that many of us are guilty of. And that's when people come to us to borrow something. But they're not asking to borrow possession. They're not asking for my bike. They're not asking for my dishes. They're not asking for my, uh, uh, for, for my, uh, they're, they're not asking for stuff. They're asking for my time. Could you do me a favor? I'm not doing too well in sheer. I don't understand what Rebbe's saying. It, it was a very difficult sugya. Would you mind chazering the sheer with me? What do you say to that guy? I would love to. I don't have time. Sorry. I, I wish I could. I'm just so busy. Don't have time. Somebody comes to you and asks you if they could teach you lav, if you could teach them lavdil uh, orgo. Okay, I have a big uh, Shinar test, organic chemistry. It's murder, and I have to get. If I don't do well in this, I'm not going to get into into you know into medical school. Please do me a taiva. Help me. I know you're in. I know you have. It. Help me. I'm so swamped. I can't. I, have, I you know I have a final myself. I can't. I don't have time. That's a terrible. 
toxic form of Tsaris Ayan. It's now in my possession. It's free. They're not asking you for a loan. They're not asking you for stuff. They're not asking you to give them a lift. They're asking you simply to give them your time. And when you say to somebody, I don't have time for you, that's perhaps the worst type of Tzara sign because you're really cheap. It's one thing, okay, I worked a whole summer to, to, to get this car. I don't want to lend it out so quickly. And I have cheshpainas and insurance and what happens. And this, I understand that. But what excuse do you have if somebody asks you for time and you say, you don't have the time. Somebody wants to talk through a problem that they're having. They're having an issue with somebody or they need an eitzah about where to invest their money or, or what career to go for or, or they're involved in a shidduch and they don't know, they're, they're, you know they have big problems and things are happening and they need an eitzah and I, I say, I'm sorry, I, I would love to, I just don't have time, go to somebody else. I, I can't. I can't. That's a terrible form of tsaras ayin. It's free. Now, Rav Moshe Feinstein has a, a tshuva. This isn't a, he also has a vart in his drush sefer in Kol Ram, but it's a very famous tshuva. In fact, I printed it in Great Jewish Letters in the section about responsa, Shailos of Tshuvas. I have a chapter in the book on that, and I put his tshuva because it's very famous. And it's an interesting story because I always like to get a... Uh, an actual copy of the letter whenever possible. I like to put in as a graphic, you know, to put the actual letter, and I could not find this letter. And I spent so much time tracking it down. You know, it was written to somebody, I think, who was a Rav in Memphis, Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. And maybe not Memphis, maybe somewhere else. And I kept looking for this person and I was not able to find this person to track down the physical tshuva. I just wanted a photocopy of the tshuva to put in the book. And I literally turned over every stone that I, you know, and everything was going cold. Every trail that I was going, I was going cold. And finally, it happened to be that I was davening in a local shul here in Queens. And the person, I started schmoozing with some very hush of a guy, but like, I don't, you know, I never really saw him before. Anyway, he said his, name, his last name. I said, oh, are you related to this and this rabbi with the same last name as you? Because He says, yeah, it's my father. It was just a random thing. Obviously, there's no such thing as random things. But within like 24 hours, I had the tshuva, the physical tshuva in my hand. And I went to, uh, I went to a Kinko's. I made like a really chashiva. It was before you could scan things, whatever. And I, I made a, a, a picture, a, a photocopy, a color photocopy, and I gave it back to him, and it's in the book today. But this is the tshuva for Ramesha. Ramesha says that, and it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a landmark tshuva in a sense, because it really speaks a lot to what our responsibilities in life are about caring for other people and giving tzedakah to other people. I'll just read it to you. It's two lines. It's in Ebena Ezer, Chelek Dalid, Tshuva Chavav. He says as follows. In the middle of the Tshuva, it says like this. Ach I paskin, says Ramesha, Shekol Talmud Chacham, any Talmud Chacham, Af Shetzarech La'atzmai, even though he needs to learn himself, he's a tremendous masmid, he's a tremendous Talmud Chacham, 
and he's mamish swimming in the Yama Talmud, he's making tremendous bam chidushim, and he's writing shtiklach tayr, and he's giving high-level lamdis shiurim. Fu gadol ma'ayd, he's a great gadol, he's a great person. Mechoyav lelamed miktsas zaman. Even he must set aside a portion of his time, gamem acherim, even with other people. You can have a gain oilam, you can have a ragachavar that sits in his daladamas and is steiging, is writing chidushim, and he's learning, yayim malayla, he's burning the midnight oil, and somebody rings the doorbell, and it's a, a balabas or a little child or whatever, and he says, could you please learn with me? Ramesha Feinstein Paskins that he has to stop everything that he's doing and he has to learn with that person, not just once, but he has to make a seder kavua with this person. Even though that will definitely impede his own learning, his own steigen will be definitely affected. I'm missing out on an hour every day of my time. Do you know what I could do in that hour? Do you know the Eilamais that I could scale if I would have that hour to learn by myself? How many Ramams I could be Miyashiv? Why would I learn Eilamitsiyas with a, with a 10 year old boy if I could, if I could be steiging myself? You're Mechoyev to separate some time to learn with others. Afshem Atzmai, And it makes sense to me, this is what Ramesha says. When Ramesha says Mistaberli, that's halachalamaisa. You know, when I say mistabrali, it's like a luftsvar. It just means that, okay, I think, but it, no one's going to hold me to it. For Meshav Feinstein, the Paisagadar says mistabrali, that what I'm about to say appears to me to be correct. It's real. Shehugamkein shir meiser asiris azman. He says, I think that just like we have a chiv to tithe our time, to take a tenth of our, uh, uh, to tithe our money, to take a tenth of our money of our net gain and give it to tzedakah, you have a chiyav to tithe your time, to take a tenth of your total time. So let's say you're allotting every day um, 10 hours to learning. So one hour of that has to be given over to people that need you, that are poor in the sense that they're not aniyim with money, but they're aniyim bedas. They don't have the, the background, the skills, the, 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 the abilities that you have, the capabilities that you have. Ramesha says you have an obligation, just like you have an obligation to take of your money and give it to the unfortunate, you have to also take of your time and give it to the unfortunate. Now, that means that you have to be generous, just like it takes a lot of generosity to give meiser, as it sounds like when you're a bacher, it sounds like an easy thing to do because your meiser is, you know, what did you make already? So you tutored, you know, you made $50 tutoring, you know, for the week. So you give a $5 bill to, that's not a big deal. I mean, it is, but it's not. Relative to like, you think, okay, when I'm a millionaire, it's going to be easy to give 100 tag because I'm still left with, it doesn't work that way. It's very hard to give, especially if you have tzaras ayin, if you have a, a very, if you have a taivas ayin, then you want to give. You want to give mice, you want to give a chaymesh, you want to just keep giving. But if you're stingy, you don't want to share. Like, no, you go, go get your own job. Go, get, go to medical school yourself and make a nice parnas. Like, why do, I have, why do I, have to, I have to do all that for you? No, it's, it was for me. 
So just like you have to be generous with your money and it involves a lot of soul searching and, and finding that money and actually sharing that with others, which is no small feat, Rav Moshe Feinstein Paskins that that's how it is with your time. You have to give another priceless possession away, more precious than money, and that's your time, because time is life. And so you're obligated. When I come to you and I say, can you help me with shear? Can you help me with, with organic chem? Can you help me with, with uh, you know, trying to put together a resume so I can get a job or I can get a shit up? Can you help me with this? I, don't, I would love to. I can't. I don't have time. I'm so busy. I don't have time. Is there a greater tsaras ayin than that? No. That's the ultimate stinginess. You don't even have the excuse that I don't want to share my money because you know my money. Maybe I want to invest it. Maybe I want to. I want to. You know, buy my wife a gift. Maybe I, you know I, I need it. I need my car today. Maybe I'll need. To, you know, we can come up with terutzim. But what about? It doesn't cost anything to give your time. Obviously, yes, it's difficult sometimes because we do have busy schedules, but we're not busier than Ramesha Feinstein. There wasn't a busier person in the world than Ramesha. And if he's telling this Shayel that you have an obligation to give Meiser of your time, he says, by the way, at the end he doesn't say, he says, I'm not sure about that. After he says, you have to see the end of the Chuba, he says, or he says something like that, like, I'm not exactly sure if it's a tenth of your time, but whatever it is, if it's, let's say, a 20th of your time or a 50th of your time, that's also something. That's a tsaras ayin. That's not nagea nige batim. And it's not nagea nige begadim. But it's nagea nige haguf. It's dvarim hanagim el haguf. It's something that affects you personally. When you have tsaras ayin with time, that's a tremendous avla. That you're cheap with your time. Somebody needs you. Somebody wants a favor from you. Somebody, somebody wants you to help them with something, but you can't do that because you don't have time. Terrible. Okay, so by Nigei Batim, the Torah has a great Eitzah for the Kapara, right? What's the Eitzah? Okay, you, you said you didn't have the snowblower. Everybody sees you have the snowblower. The necklace, everybody sees it. It's plain for all to see that what you claimed you didn't have... He's right there on your front lawn. You're a liar. You're a cheapskate. What happens by Nige Agof, Rabbi Say? You know what happens by Nige Agof? The terrorist ty- the says the Kayan's going to come. He's going to diagnose your tsaras. And if it looks like it's something that has a problem, he's going to lock you up in your house for a week. And he's going to see exactly over the course of that week at the end of the week, it, whether or not it, it went away, the problem, did it stay the same? Did it get worse? If it gets worse, then you have to go for another week or until it heals. So here we have at least a minimum of one week, possibly two weeks, maybe more, that you're doing nothing. You're doing nothing. You're quarantined, you not running to work, not running to Kailo, not running to the supermarket, not running to, to, you know, to do carpools. You're nothing. Ah. So you mean to say that you have time. You have time. You just don't have time for me. You have plenty of time. When you need to make time, what happened to all those obligations, all those personal responsibilities that you claimed you had that were real? But you're seeing that suddenly you're able to, to put everything aside because you have no choice. 
So obviously, when you want to make time, time is yours to be made. I don't care how busy a person is. When a person, Rahman al-Itzlan, is uh, sitting shiva for a week, you could be the busiest guy in the world. You could have a multi-gazillion dollar business. You could be running a yeshiva of 10,000 people. You could be, you know, doing crazy stuff with your life. But suddenly everything comes to a screeching halt and you're able to sit for one week and not do a thing. Or comes Shabbos, everything stops. Yontif, everything stops. There are times in life you're making a chasna, shever brachas. You, you're able, when you need to stop working... You're able to find time not to work and not to be busy. You want to go on a vacation. All of a sudden, what happened to the carpool? What happened to the, to, to the shopping, to the work? You're able, you, 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 you play Rami Cube and you get you know, your sister-in-law to watch the kids and you do this and that. You put everything, you know, you put pieces together. You find time to go on vacation, Baruch Hashem. So you mean to say that when you need to find time, it's there on your front lawn for all to see that you have the time. You have a week to do nothing, to be in quarantine. You have two weeks. You have four months. <laughs> what happened to all your busyness? Oh, you mean you were busy for me. But you weren't busy for yourself. You had time for yourself, but you just had no time for me. That's what you meant to say. When you say you didn't have time, that wasn't really the truth. You had time. You have time for things that you want to make time for. You didn't have time, but when it comes to if you want to watch a movie for two hours, you want to play, play a video game all night, that you have time for. But you just didn't have time to help me with my learning. That's a tremendous time on a person. And I think that's part of the kapara of the nige haguf. It's very similar to nige habayis, but it, it targets and it pinpoints a completely different type of tsaras ayin. It's not tsaras ayin on your stuff. It's our assign on your time and on your life. And if you're able to understand this as you're sitting in quarantine and you see that all the trouble that was caused you because you claim to other people that you didn't have time but suddenly everything is... And, that's, and you're asking me, how do, how do you know that? Because the Kayin, when he comes, if you look in the Sepharnai, and all the other Mepharshim, they say that the Kayin wasn't just a, a doctor coming to diagnose. The Sefarna says that the Kayin gave you Musr, Kisifse Kayin Yishmeru Das, he's giving you Hadracha, he's telling you what the problem came from, how to solve the problem. The Kayin is davening for you and he's advising you to daven for yourself. The Sefarna says, you're told all this. They get to the, they don't just diagnose the, 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 the nega. They diagnose the problem, the, the root cause of the nega. Did you give your time to people? Did you lend out your stuff? Did you uh, speak Lashonara? They figure out what it is of the seven types of causal events that, that took place prior to the nega coming, and they, they, they discuss this with you, and they work it out with you. But I think that's the major way of doing tshuva on the nega aguf, is that there's time that's involved, that you are quarantined. And you have plenty of time for introspection and to say, wait a minute, maybe I really did have time. And maybe I was cheap with my time. And maybe when I get out of quarantine, I have to start rethinking a little bit how to share my time and my life with other people that really need it. The Chavitz Chaim was famous 
forgiving Musar about this. The Chavetz Chaim used to say that people say that time is money. Time is money. I don't have time. I don't have time. Time is money. What do you want? What do you want? He says, I say that money is time. I don't look at time being money, like money is the chash of a thing, and that you know, time mean equals making more money. I look at it the opposite. When I see money, I look at it as chaval, that I have to spend so much time to make the money. It's not worth it. One time, the Panevich Shirov and Rebbe Chan Wasserman, who were learning as, as young men in the, the Kachim Kailo of the Chavetz Chaim, they needed a certain safer. They were learning Bechavrusa, they needed a certain safer, and they knew that the Chavetz Chaim um, had quotes that safer in the Sharetzian in his Mishnah Burus. They assumed that he had the safer at home, so they went to his house, they knocked on his door, Chavetz Chaim opens up, and he says, What can I help you with? He invites them in, and they said, do you have this in the Sefer? So the Chavetz Chaim says, um, no, I don't. But you quote in the Sharetzian, and he says, yeah, I know, I borrowed that Sefer. Most of the farm that I, that, I, that I use, I don't own myself, I borrow them. And, and then, you know, he looks at his Svarim Shrank, you know, like a very, like, you know, what would be embarrassing for a, a you know, a Bar Mitzvah boy to have. He had, like, Half of the svarim that we have in our shelves that are collecting dust, he had like mamish a small svarim shrank with, with very few svarim on it, and he sighs when he looks at the svarim shrank. He gives like a big craft, like, "Hi." So, the two Kailo guys, guys, two budding gedaylei gedaylei taira, they said to the chavetz chaim, "Was the craft that you gave because you wished that you had more svarim?" You probably wish that you had much more of an elaborate library that, you know, uh, with, with all the svarim, you know, like uh, hundreds, thousands of svarim, like, like many people have. Is that why you're giving a kreft? So you have so few svarim. He says, no. I'm giving a kreft because I have too many svarim. Because every safer that I have, I bought, I spent money on. How did I get the money to pay for it? Time. I had to go and travel and sell my books and sell my, you know, and whatever Chavitz Chaim did for Parnassah, he had a, a store, his wife would run the business, and he says, all the svarim that I have, these are talking about svarim, he's not talking about junk, he's talking about svarim, but I, I spent so much of my, of my time to get the money to buy those svarim, and I don't use them enough to justify the time I could have been learning during that time. Because time is so chashuv. Time is so chashuv. It's not to be squandered. Once a very wealthy man came to the Chavetz Chaim and said that I, uh, um, you know, this is my Seder Ayayim. So the Chavetz Chaim says, you have to learn. You're not learning or you're not learning enough. He says, I don't have time to learn. He says, you're telling me you don't have time to learn? You don't have time? And you claim to be a Gevir? You claim to be a wealthy man? He says, if you don't have time in your life to do things that you need to do, you're not a wealthy man, you're the poorest man in the world. You're impoverished if you don't have time. Time is something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives, gives us, and time is life. And we squander it, we waste so much of our time anyway. 
on things that we do, and sometimes we have to do it. Sometimes it's, hell. It's, it's not a waste of time to play a game of basketball if you have the right kavanas. It's a wonderful thing to stay healthy, to be in shape, to have your lungs breathe in fresh air. That's not a waste of time. Maybe even playing you know, a board game once in a while to clear your mind is not a waste of time. If you're enjoying life, that's part of life. But a lot of times we just squander so much time so much of our time is spent on frivolous activities that we don't need. And we, how many hours do we spend on our iPhone? And uh, you know, once a week you get that Musser Schmooze, uh, you know, time spent. I forgot what it's called, but you know, it, it gives you screen time or something. And that's the worst that you don't want to even. I don't even look at that. I just like ignore it because I don't want to see how many hours were spent this past week on on the iPhone. No, I'm not saying that I I do them on the iPhone, but I'm sure a lot of it is. How many t- hours do we spend, you know, reading? How many times do you over Yeshiva World and Vasas Nayas and, uh, and, and Matzav and then go to, you know, your sports channel and your this channel and your broadcast and your, your statuses and your WhatsApp and your that? You know, how much time is wasted? Okay, so you're wasting time. But then somebody comes to you and asks you if you can, if you can give them a little of your time to help with something important to them. I don't have time. What if you don't have time? You do have time. You have time to waste for yourself, but you don't have time to spend importantly for other people. That's the worst Saras Ayin that a person could possibly be in, infected by. So the lesson that we could take is to be generous with our possessions, when people ask us for things, don't immediately say, sorry, I don't lend that out, or I don't have it, or think about it. Maybe you do have it. Maybe you do have it. Maybe you can help them. Maybe Hashem gave it to you so that you should be lending them out. Maybe the svarim that you have were given to you not to sit on, on your shelf and collect dust, but so that people should actually use the svarim. You should be generous with them. Maybe the shtender that you bought was bought so that was given to you so that you can allow other people to use it. You know, sometimes you see on shtenders or on sarim, sometimes people have, there's two different personality types. Some say, this shtender is for everybody to use, just please put it back after you're finished with it. That's one personality type. A generous person that has taivas ayin. There's another type of person that puts on a shtender, asr bali rishus. Also, like you don't even want to go near it. You feel like there's gonna, you're going to get electrocuted if you touch the thing. Now, perhaps the person at a cheshwin, he once lent it out and then it broke and it weakened. I know it. I, 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 trust me, I went through enough experiences in my life that I know that sometimes you lend things out and you, and you regret it. But that's an attitude of a uvasher leiha bias. It's an attitude that everything is my shtender, don't touch it. My svarim, don't touch it. My, my stuff in my room, do not touch it. Don't even think about asking me for my car. Don't even think about asking me for my headset, for my... Uh, for my uh, don't, don't. It's mine. I'm, I'm that type. Okay? The Torah is saying, Ufino es habayis. Everybody's going to see what you have and what you don't have. Everybody's going to see that you had saris ayin, and that's going to be your kapar. We don't want to go there. We don't want that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should affect us in a way that people see our flaws and, it's, and it's, it's plain for all to observe. But then there's another lesson that we could take from today, and that's that you have to have Taivas Ayin with time. Give of your time. Be generous with people that need it. 
remember when I was a, a bacher, I was very busy and I was dating and I was in you know yeshiva and I was in college and I was doing a million things. I was very busy. And there was a guy that came to me and he asked me to study with him to get him through a certain course in college. He, and the guy was really, you know, he was, you know, he wasn't doing well. He didn't have a great head, you know, for understanding whatever it was, statistics or, or corporate finance. One of the harder courses, he wasn't, he wasn't copying it. And I didn't really want to go. I didn't have kaifas for it. I didn't really, you know, have cheshik to be repraid on, to teach him 400 times the same thing. I, I just didn't have the time or the cheshik, but I did it. I said, just give him time. Just give him, he needs it. He doesn't have anywhere else to go. Give him the time. And I remember, like, for a whole semester, I was leading him through it, I was helping him through it, and he got through it, he passed the course. And he graduated college. He became one of the wealthiest people in New York. And he gives a lot of tzedakah, he's very big givir. And by the way, that's not a steer to the fact that he's not so book smart. A lot of times it happens precisely that way. The, smart, the, the richest friends that I have are the guys that were not able to really make a laning on the Gemara so well, and they weren't chapping shir. The HaKadosh Baruch gave them other kaifas in life and made them wealthy so that they could give tzedakah and, and, and be generous. But sometimes I think that in Shemayim I'm going to get a piece of every dollar of tzedakah that he gave because in a way I helped him get through it. You're investing in other people, not with money, but with time. It's the greatest investment that you're, you're giving life to him. And you're being mechaya him. When you give of your time generously, it changes things. You become a, a, a giving type of person. You're not a stingy person. You become generous. You become a balchesed. You're transformed yourself. The Tsaras Haguf came to address, I believe, this issue of being stingy with time and suddenly discovering that you have a lot of time. We all know this from our year in COVID, uh, of COVID. There are so many lessons to take from it, but maybe one of the major lessons is take time and smell the flowers, spend time with your family, it was, it was wonderful times in a sense, you know, during some of the time. If I was very sick, but after I got better, the kids were all home. They were on computers. They were, you know, we ate together, breakfast, lunch, and supper. We had time to spend together. We, I wasn't running every, everywhere and anywhere. There were no chasnas. There were no bar mitzvahs. There were no yeshiva dinners. And I was able to actually spend, I loved it. I wasn't happy with what was going on in the world outside and all the deaths and, and whatever, but inside the home, I actually had time to, to get to know my children a little bit and to have time for them. I wasn't going anywhere. There's nothing to do. Maybe that was one of the lessons that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sent us, this machala, that we're in bidud, we're in quarantine, we have, for a year, all of a sudden we were able to find that we have time. We have time. When we want to make time for things, we can make time for things. And as we're getting, hopefully, out of this pandemic, maybe that's a lesson that we could take with us, to, to find time for things that are important. Find time for learning every day. Find time to spend with your family, with your wife, with your children. Take walks together. Find time to help other people. 
not just to be generous with your stuff, but to be generous with yourself. And if we're able to take these lessons from this parsha that seems to be so irrelevant to us in the 21st century, but we find so much relevance in, in just one pasuk in, in, in this Chumash, in this parsha, then we can imagine how much wealth we could derive from every single word of the Torah. Spend our life immersed in the Yama Talmud, but not by yourself. Bring others into the base matters. Bring others into your world of Tyra, into your world of Kedusha. Learn with them. You see a guy in the base matters that's floundering, that doesn't have a Chavrusa, so say the unthinkable, triple up with us. No, 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 we don't do, we don't, never work triple. But how, would you like to be him? Would you like to be the guy sitting along with that Chavrusa and, and having to make a laning and having to figure out all the Maramakimis and it doesn't work, so he goes back to the dorm or he takes a walk and comes back for sure and he's, he's not doing well. What do you want from him? But I can't triple up. That's Saras Ayan. Would you like to be the guy that's told that I can't triple up with you? No. You want to be the guy that has a chavrisa. Well, guess what? He does also. If there's a guy in the dorm that's not socially cool, so he's not going out with you for, for supper, or he's not going with you for... How do you think he feels? I, I know, but, you know, he's not... He doesn't fit in with us. Get over it. Make him fit in. Give of your time. Give of your life. When you do that, you get rid of the tsarist eye and this terrible flaw in us that we all have. The more that we flex our taibas eye and muscles against what we want to do, but we use them and we share and we give of our, of our, of our life and of our, of our things, we'll be generous, good-hearted, fine, elevated B'nai Taira like HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be. And we won't be people of Asher Habayis, it's mine. But we'll see that it was ours as a Pikadin from Hashem to share with others from our Mominus and from our Guf. Have a wonderful Shabbos.